Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hours show to get the brain running with the premises talk sports on a national level? Full with the topic, sorta like the rubber with game talent like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The four for twenty-six saw the war in Kuwait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys diversified and educated. <clears throat> What up, what up, what up, War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan, and I'm here with my brother. We got Jimmy the Blueprint in the building. Uh, the NBA playoffs are now in round two. The NFL draft is history. But, of course, the homie Fred Purdue is with us. He's going to join us to critique what happened, at least on paper. You know, nobody's gotten on the field yet, but you know how we do. So settle in, keep it locked right here, and get in on. And if you want to get in on the conversations, make sure you join us right now in the JW Philly Realty chat room at blogtalkradio.com/slash the war room, or join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can also call us directly in about 15 minutes after Fred's segment when we open up the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. Uh, at that time, you can get anything off your chest <laughs> from the week of sports. That, that's your time to do it right after uh, Fred's segment. So, look, that number as usual, 323-410-0012. One last thing before we get things popping, make sure that during the week when we're not live on the air, you check out archive episodes of our show at warroomsports.com, the War Room Sports mobile app, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, uh, Google Home, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're most likely there. What up, fellas? Hey, Jimmy and, and Fred, you know, I got to let you all know. This war room sports lifestyle is a choice. <laughs> Always remember that. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Already know that's about free thought. Yeah. Hey, hey, Fred Purdue. Hey, Fred Purdue, you there? Yeah, I'm here. What's going on, guys? How y'all doing? Ain't nothing, man. Ain't nothing, man. Fred, are you, you know, having man, trouble here, Jimmy? Yeah, oh, I got to throw the flag on you, Jimmy, man. You look, you're sounding like you. Yeah, you sound real, real bad right now, man. It sounds like they're trying to beam you up and, and take you away, man. You sound like you're testing that in the water. <laughs> yeah. Right, I might have to, I might have to need, hit back in, man. We need some, um, <laughs> we need some new sponsors so we can get some some new equipment so we can lead these sites along. <laughs> no shots, no shots, blog talk, but you know we gotta do what we gotta do. Um, so, so look, man, I mean, it's been a wild week, sports, outside of sports, y'all man, Kanye is tripping, we're going to talk about that a little later, when we talk about what happened while everybody was on the grind, you know, I just found out this week that slavery was a choice, um, we could have opted out, all I'm we had still to working do was out. I'm, I'm, I'm still negotiating my contract. Yo, yo, can y'all so hear you, me? You, you've been talking to human resources, trying to, trying to hey, get your opt out. I'm, try, I'm trying to get that clip. I'm trying to get that player option, bro. I'm trying to get that player <laughs> option. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Yo, do, that, man, do, that sound any, do that sound any better or it sound the same? 
It, it's a little better. It's just a little muffled it's compared a little to usual. It's a little better, man. Before, I, I it, put it like, sounded like you were scuba like diving this. while you was doing the show. I take you in the third round, but you you, you working your way up. Yo, it ain't me, yo. It's blog talk. Blog, blog talk is trash. But yo, listen, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, uh, he, he yo, took you in the third for, round, so you didn't, you made it up to running back status, Jim. I know he just he, disres, he disrespected me, man. But let me tell you about this boy Fred Purdue, man. So 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 Fred Purdue, Fred Purdue, uh, game two uh-oh, of the Cavs uh-oh. and Raptors while we're on the air because tip off happens in just a few seconds from now. My bad, Jim. Yo, my man, my, my man Fred Purdue didn't like the fact that we clowned him about not wanting the uh, Greek freak. So as uh, Milwaukee was getting uh, kicked out of the playoffs by Keith Murray and them, Fred gonna hit me talking <laughs> about. See, he lost. I'm like, yo. Oh yo, man, he was on, gonna man. lose at some point. The Bucks weren't going to the finals, dog. I'm <laughs> like, come on, man. We didn't say I'm that. Like, come on, Fred. Like, yo, know, Fred, Fred, your, your Greek freak slander is terrible, man. I mean, I don't know what's worse, you slandering Greek freak or Teddy Bridgewater. Um, no mind. I'm gonna leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> The light mm. up man, <laughs> light or Jake, or, or or Jay Cutler. No, man, I'm just gonna be quiet, man. Yo, <laughs> yeah. yo, or yo! Debo. I can make a few mistakes. I can make a few mistakes. Fred, like, look, man, players fuck up. I can take you a couple of threes. I can take a couple bad Jr. threes, man. Give, give me a break. It's all good, though. I'm telling you, man. You, you, when, when Greek Freak end up in Miami, you're gonna be happy or happy. No, mm-hmm. definitely you're not. You're going to change the name to Beach Freak. You're going to be down there. Y'all going to be loving it. All right, so look, man, let's get into these hot topics because the hottest topic that we're going to talk about is the NFL draft recap. You know, Fred is going to do his thing. You know how we feel here about people, you know, recapping drafts right after they happen. You know, nobody gets to play. So we really don't know who made what. But we can always look. See who did what on paper. We're going to talk about some perceived winners and losers from the draft. So basically, winners and Cleveland um, should be the segment because that's what it is every year, winners and Cleveland. Um, And then we're going to get Fred's opinion on some way too early top five picks for next year's draft. So before we do that, let me pay this bill real quick. Hot Topics are brought to you by MyBookie. What up out there, family? Let's talk turkey for a minute. And, and how much of it you can win betting on sports contests at my NBA and NHL playoffs are here. So if you haven't checked them out yet, it's a great time to do that. Lay down some money on the biggest games in sports. Join us and loads of other online players investing at mybookie.ag. That's mybookie.ag. If you're tired of getting a runaround when it's time for a payout, we urge you to join my bookie. No hassle. You win. They pay fast without any of that crazy stuff. You're wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting that, to this day, we still don't understand. But you can place bets after tip-off, kickoff, face-off, whatever you're watching. Join now, and MyBookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, to activate this offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid. Period. All right, so we're going to get into this draft talk. So, Fred. It, it was an interesting few days. I mean, you know, even though we, you know, we do the, the NFL show that's been on hiatus for, for a while from the network, um, I, I'm, I've never been, like, 
a huge NFL draft dude. Like, I really can't sit around a whole weekend stuck in front of the TV watching, you know, two-minute highlights and names and scrolls and tickers and all that kind of stuff. But I understand this is your wheelhouse. So I'm pretty sure I know what you did all last weekend. Give us some winners and losers from this weekend, this past weekend's draft. And then, you know, anything that we want to add or maybe ask, we'll just throw it in there as you go. Well, for me, uh, when you talk about winners, uh, I look at a, I look at, we'll start, we'll start very easy. These New England Patriots, every time you find a way, and I know you're going to kill me for it. You're going to kill me for (laughs) it. This guy. But, but. Fred, you can at least try to disguise it sometimes and start with somebody else. (laughs) But no, go ahead. Hear me out. Just, Just hear me out. Just hear me out. Every time this this the dynasty keeps saying everyone keeps saying the dynasty's over and things are gonna change. Bill Belichick finds a way to pick a player you've never heard of or you don't expect to uh to make this team and and again he attacks needs, not wants, needs. Offensive line was a need. We hear at War Room Sports, what do we say? Fat people win championships, right? Well, you have a glaring need at left tackle, you got a glaring need at right tackle, and you got a need at guard. So you go get Isaiah Wynn from Georgia. He fits all three spots, left tackle, right tackle, or guard. Undersized tackle at that, but nonetheless. And then you were going to attack, and I didn't like the move, as much as I talk about running back. I didn't necessarily like the move. Um they went out and attacked the running back position to replace Deion Lewis with a with a uh, a familiar face in Sony Michelle. He fits the position for them. Their needs fine with me. Uh, they attacked other positions like corner. They needed with Malcolm Butler um, being moving on to the Tennessee Titans. They needed to attack that. Uh, they actually went out and, and got a t- an atypical player in Braxton Berrios and at pick two ten a slot receiver. Like guy, we all know how that works. So we'll see another stud slot receiver in three years once he develops. Um, this Jimmy, they really do get the same kind of players, man. It's like their third white slot receiver. <laughs> but they're going to turn Whether it's into Amendola, whether it's Edelman, whether it's Welker. I mean, there was no it, – it, it's bad when you say Bill Belichick was at the University of Miami's uh, pro day, and you knew why he was there. He wasn't there for Chad Thomas, uh, or he wasn't there for um, any D. Delaney or any of the players at Miami that played any other position but wide receiver because they went and got Axton Barrios. They knew what they were going for. Um, but another winner for you, I'll leave that. I'll, I don't want to sound. I don't want to make this Patriots draft today. So we're gonna we'll leave that a little. Yeah, let's I not do to that. Throw that little nugget out. <laughs> so the when I look at other big time moves, Ozzie Newsome at those pesky Ravens because every single time I think there is time to bury this team and Ray Lewis is gone and T T Civil is gonna be out the door at some point. Alodi Nada is gone and all of these good players are gone. Hey, Ozzy Newsom says, this is my last year. I'm sitting here like, yes, this is great. They're no longer a problem. Lamar Jackson comes along, and he's been drafted after they trade back into the first round at number 32. And he and it, it makes sense now because you go get RG3, not saying he's a good player, but similar style of player. Joe Flacco's days are numbered. Um, I, I personally wanted Lamar Jackson. 
I, I thought Lamar Jackson was one of two of the two uh, best quarterbacks. There were only two good ones. Uh, I thought Lamar Jackson and Josh Rosen were the two best in this class. Uh, and it makes sense. You go get similar quarterbacks that do similar things. Joe Flacco is the odd man out. He uh, And you go give him weapons. So this is one that Ozzie Newsom, this will be his legacy pick. So all you Ravens fans enjoy for the next this, this 10 years. This guy's going to be a stud. And we talked about it beforehand because we we were on the air right before the draft started, and we kind of knew what the situation was going to be. But every time you or any other you know draft analyst talked talks about this before the draft, during the draft, or after the draft, when they name the best quarterbacks in the draft, Baker Mayfield's name doesn't come up. So why, oh why, does the Cleveland Brown select Baker Mayfield with the number one pick. And that leads me to my losers because and I'm <laughs> glad you segued into that. Segue into the losers. The, 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 the Cleveland Browns found every single way to there we think trust the process. We'll take your, your Philadelphia seventy sixers mantra and say these guys are gonna trust the process. They get all these draft picks, they pass on quarterback year after year. And you say, these guys are going to get it right this time. They're going to get two top five picks. This is unheard of. And then you go take an undersized, not athletic. He doesn't get out the pocket. He's not Russell Wilson. He's not. He, he may, he's not really Drew Brees. He's his own guy. He's, they, they believe in analytics. Sound like, you know, believing in analytics, trusting the process. Sound familiar to you? Yeah. Um, they select Baker Mayfield, who doesn't, who doesn't do it for me. He He's. He's not. He doesn't have a strong arm. He's a big time personality off the field. He's not a great quarterback, and yet you have a coach like Hugh, like uh, Hugh Jackson, who you he already had Johnny Manziel, and then you're going to go get him a lesser version of him. And then on top of that, you say we got an opportunity after the Giants take a good a running back. Good job, guys. You're next. Um, and then the Jets who take a quarterback in Sam Darnold. Good job, guys. You made it. A, you made a good pick. We're back to the Browns. They have an opportunity to take the best pass rusher because the the job of an NFL team and NFL coach is to have a quarterback and go get after the other the other team's quarterback. You go take a corner. You go take take an undersized man to man, icy corner, but a guy that may not fit here. We've done this already. Johnny Manziel, Justin Gilbert. We've done this already. You had Bradley Chubb sitting right there in front of you to just, just take them, and you, you don't. What are you doing, Cleveland? What are you doing? Yeah, I, I mean, it's just it's just weird, man. I mean, both of the picks, like, people are just dumbfounded because, like you said before, like, you just think at some point that the Cleveland Browns are going to get it right. And <laughs> at this point, nobody really thinks that the Cleveland Browns got the situation correct. Um, I, I see we have callers on the line. Uh, callers, I hope you guys can still hear us because actually the live broadcast has just dropped, so I think everybody's going to have to hear Uh-oh. this um, this uh, broadcast on you know, on the replay. So we're just going to keep going, even though it stopped. Um, so just bear with us, callers, because we're still going to get to you guys if you're there. But I guess the other callers probably won't call in because they, when they tune into the station, they're not going to hear 
anything happening live. But anyway, we're gonna we're gonna just keep on plugging along. We just gotta push the replay real hard later on. Um so um yeah, so so Cleveland basically pulls a Cleveland and we'll see. I mean maybe this one will be the one like where everybody's like we can't believe they did it again. Maybe this one will be the one that works out for the franchise. You know, hopefully. But I just I, think I don't They've always been in the business of overanalyzing and outthinking themselves when they have, you know, the picks to make a difference right there in front of them. I just don't understand it. But <laughs> I don't under, I don't understand it either. And quite honestly, when I look at a, a dysfunctional franchise like this, they, you go out and go get a John Dorsey to be your your savior, and he, you had. You had a good enough time. You had roughly four months to figure this out, and you still botch it. Good job, good job. <laughs> I mean, if you're a Brown, if you're a Browns fan, if you we're taking applications over here at the Evil Evil Empire, we'll make you feel good about yourself. We're giving out applications from worst to first. Come on, yeah, one time crazy. only. Crazy, um, crazy stuff. Well, some of the some of the highlights. Um, let me just read off some of the highlights of the draft. Of course, Baker Mayfield was a surprise, number one overall pick. Not surprised like when they said the name, because you know the number one pick, no matter who it is, it's always going to leak um, 24 hours or so before the draft. Um, Josh Allen still went number seven, despite the racist tweets that resurfaced. You know, living in today's society, the, you, you're not quite sure about that. that. The boatload of picks that the that the Bills gave up for him. I mean, plus you, you give up your left tackle, you give up three extra picks, then you, you get a quarterback that wasn't all that great. What are you doing, Buffalo? Right. Uh, what else happened? Uh, Shaquem Griffin is going to play with his brother Shaquille in uh, Seattle. He gets picked. Um, great story there. We all know that story. Ryan Shazier walked out with his fiance to – announced the Steelers' first pick, and we also have some uh, Ryan Shazier, Pittsburgh Steelers news that we're going to talk about in, in a little while. Uh, Lamar Jackson, of course, uh, like Fred said, going to the Ravens. Um, guess, I guess we could say Flacco's time there is, is numbered. <laughs> Maybe, you know, he sits behind him for a year or two, but I think, yeah, you, you pick him where you picked him. I think they're going to be pretty much ready to move on at some point. So, you know, a lot of stuff happened. Uh, of course, Saquon Barkley did end up going number two to the New York Giants. That might have been the biggest player and pick debate that happened in the weeks and maybe even the months leading up to the NFL draft. So, yeah, a, a lot of things happen, so and, and you have your winners and losers. I want to ask you about this one thing, since you got to talk about your Patriots. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles select uh, a rugby player um, with one of their picks. And you show his highlights. I mean, they draft him as a tackle. And you see his highlights and you think, like, man, this guy could possibly play tight end, get a little, a couple of dump offs, a couple of screens, break some tackles and do some damage. But is this a, a, a Super Bowl champion Stunting on the rest of the league pick, where you're gonna spend a pick on somebody who's never even played American football before? 
I think so. We just won the bowl, and we're loaded, so we're going to pick anybody we want. And our fans don't care this year, so we can do crazy stuff like this type of pick. Um, when you have a lower – the Eagles have a, a lot of depth at a lot of different positions. And when you're being able to make pick, you can make luxury picks like this later in the draft. It's not like you're the Cleveland Browns where you're just so bad you and you're making all luxury picks. <laughs> yeah, you, you were, your Eagles are in a great position to, to make these types of picks. Um, if it doesn't work out, we, we made a difference. We went out outside the box and other teams have tried this. So it's not like you guys are the first ones to do it. And it didn't necessarily work out. But it brings a different perspective, and it also brings a, a different type of athlete because um, you're you're always pushing for depth. And if it hits, great. If it doesn't, we didn't waste any real draft capital. And that's how most teams look at it. Um, and you you've seen different sport, different players come from different sports, whether it's Antonio Gates uh, coming from, from basketball or Brandon Whedon. He did start a couple games. In the NFL, he had a he had a cup of coffee in the NFL playing baseball. Um, so you, it, it's never anything out of the realm of possibility for a team that's being a contender to uh, to go outside the box like that. All right, so all right, so so moving on because you know, like I said, this is everything we do at this point is speculation because everything right now is literally just on paper. So we'll see. Baker Mayfield may turn out to be Dan Marino. You never know. Um doubt it, but you never know. Um so let's 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 hear your way too early top five NFL draft picks for next season. First off and this one this one's an easy slam dunk pick. Whoever the whenever the Browns decide to get the number one pick again next year, despite all of the things that they've had and Don't they be able to get a Bradley Tab out of it. They'll, they'll, get, they'll be able to get a very nice defensive end. I'm not saying the Browns are going to get the number one pick, but if they are just as bad as I think that quarterback position is going to be, uh, despite the weapons and everything. By the way, they have no Joe Thomas, by the way, so that's going to hurt. But no, if whoever gets this first overall pick, they're going to probably take a prospect uh, by the name of, of Nick Bosa. Now, if that last name sounds very familiar to you, uh, it is very, is very familiar because his brother has been terrorizing quarterbacks for the last couple of years after holding out uh, from being being a top five pick, uh, Joey Bosa from the uh, Chargers. He this is this is going to be an easy one because simply um, he's a I think he's a little bit better of an athlete than Joey, and that's scary because we all know how good Joey Bosa has been in the last couple of years, and is going to stand to get paid very very quick. Um, I, I look at for for this class, you're going to have the quarterback class is going to be really really bad. Um, but I look at a player like a AJ Brown uh, from Ole Miss. He's six one two twenty five. I look at I see a lot of uh, if we remember Jay, uh, Justin Blackman from Oklahoma State. Without the issues, without all the the drinking and things like that, that's who I see a lot of in him. Big, strong receiver. Ole Miss doesn't necessarily have the quarterback to get it to him, but sometimes when you're just a just a freak athlete like that, it doesn't really matter. Um, I have to give a little bit of love to uh, to the on on the other side of the ball. Clemson has four. Yes. Four. You know how they used to say the, there was this thing, the four horsemen, 
Uh, well, Clemson has the four horsemen on, on their defensive line. You can put insert whoever you want at number three from that defensive line, whether it's Dexter Lawrence, because if you like Vita Vea last year uh, for, the, for this past draft coming from going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Dexter Lawrence is a defensive tackle who can do a lot of what he does, but he's a better athlete. Uh, whether it's Cleveland Farrell, who has the potential to be a Jadavian Clowney type of player. He's long, athletic, and fast. Uh, you also have Christian Wilkins, who if he came out this year, would have been a first-round pick easily. And Austin Bryant, who is one of those big run-stuffing defensive ends who are get, who's getting a lot better uh, with his hands. And he's going to be a, a, just a monster when it comes to being a pass rusher. Uh, Clemson has an embarrassment of riches uh, on that defensive line. And you know, you know we can't. I'd be remiss to not talk about an Alabama player, Raquan Davis uh, from Alabama, defensive tackle, uh, just getting bigger, stronger, faster. Saw him in the spring game, and it confirmed to me he's going to he's going to be one of those guys who's going to be a problem. He's gotten better with his hands, and you can tell the difference. You can really tell. So is he going to be like him. the second Raquan picked in the past three seasons? <laughs> yes, yes, he will. Um, yes, he will. I'm starting to, hey, Jimmy, I'm starting to think, you know, the people of our era, you know, having babies <laughs> right after the purple tape came out, probably, probably being yeah, Raekwon and the and naming their kids Raekwon. And Wu-Tang is for the children. Wu-Tang is for the children, so, you know. Always for the children. <laughs> All right. So how many is that, Fred? That's, that's four and I give no love to the quarterbacks in this coming class because I, I'm sorry, there's nothing, none, zero, not, and never going to happen. None. Of, there are no quarterbacks in this class that I'm willing to even pull the trigger on in the first round, much less in the top five. Uh, somebody might surprise me, but I don't think so. Uh, the, I, I have to go out of, and I have to go out on for for one of my guys uh, from the University of Miami. Uh, University of Miami, this is going to be the year for the defense on the defensive side of the ball. You have multiple players in the secondary. You have multiple players on the defensive line that are going to be out there. But um, Michael Jackson is going to be, yes, Michael Jackson, along with his, his, his co-star Joe Jackson on the defensive line. Uh, both of those guys are going to have. Yeah, all we need is a Tito. I mean, <laughs> come on, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised Jimmy hasn't chirped in on that one, but you know Michael Jackson from from Alabama of all places, the great state of Alabama of all places, is going to be a problem in the secondary. He is a he's a ball. <laughs> Jimmy's hawk. favorite state. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's from his favorite state, of course. Yeah, um, he's going to be a ball hawk and a big time issue for a lot of teams uh, in the ACC, picking off a lot of passes. Uh, this year the Miami Hurricanes will be a very good defensive team. But those are five players that you'll be able to, to definitely look out for. Um, and, and I probably will expand on that a little bit more because there are, this year this next class is going to be loaded on the defensive side. And if you get, you're going to have your pick of guys, whether it's at Alabama, whether it's at uh, Auburn, uh, whether it's at Georgia, whether it's at Georgia. Uh, just don't look for quarterbacks. This is not the year for quarterbacks. You're gonna. Re- this is this co- coming quarterback class reminds me of the year when Christian Ponder came out with Jake Locker. It's gonna be ugly. Right. Back. Right. So basically, you know, considering next year, if you yeah, needed a, this was, this was Cleveland's the quarterback, chance. you should have went one last year. Yeah. And this was, this was the, they they bought the right their opportunity. 
they could have just made the right choice, but they decided to go with a quarterback who likes to grab his crotch at other men. So we'll see though. And Baker we trust. So or they trust. I don't. I can't <laughs> wait till he throws about five picks and they pull the pro- pull the plug on the process within the first probably game. <laughs> All right, so there you have it, uh, NFL draft recap with Fred Purdue and his way too early top five picks for next year. Fred, as usual, man, thanks for your time. Uh, We're going to get this NFL thing back up and popping, man. I promise you, one of these days. But um, we'll wrap to you next week, all right? All right, guys, thanks for having me on. All right, no all right Fred, take it easy. Fred Purdue, everybody. Um, and – yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to throw out some stuff on social media. I'm going to go to the Facebook page and let people know they can listen in on the phone. Okay. I saw Tobias was on the line. I uh, was about to let him on, but I don't see him anymore. So I don't know if he gave oh, up because he couldn't man. hear or or what. But I, I yeah, damn be. sure hope we don't record for the next two hours and then this joint tell us that it didn't get it. But that this would actually yeah, be my bad. I think I put the wrong information in. Yeah, um, I mean, you're anyway, able I mean, to call in, like, well, whether it's recording, I don't know, but you can still call in, um, I know, because I am, <laughs> but, uh, right, because I did tests from a, yeah. from a phone, and it's, um, I can still hear us, so, maybe, so anyway, maybe master, just, maybe master, maybe master got to bias, and, you know, that's what really happened, <laughs> so, you know, yeah, so if anybody, you know, we'll, we'll throw the message on there, so, because I'm about to make an announcement, but I don't think it matters if nobody's listening on the phone right now, um, yes, sir. Anyway, though, instead of being pressed to do the the two, what we'll do, Jim, we'll just we'll we'll fly through our our topics and then we'll get off just in case this drink was gonna kick us off anyway. All right, so this is true. Um, uh, stat of the week: uh, LeBron is at it again. His assault on the books uh, is real at this particular juncture. Fifteen years into his career. Uh, LeBron has surpassed Scottie Pippen for the all-time lead in playoff steals. Pippen held the record with 395 steals. Um, LeBron broke that record in game seven of the series with Indiana. Uh, Now going into game two with Toronto, which is on live right now, he's up to 400 steals. So like I said, Pippen had 395, which he recorded in 208 playoff games. Uh, LeBron broke the record playing in his 224th playoff game. So most of these records, like a lot of these records, LeBron doesn't get to them faster than some of the guys who held them. Mm -hmm. But with him and with guys of his generation, since, you know, he was in that high school straight to the NBA phase, they start to do a lot of age statistics so of course he's probably the youngest player to do it um but shout out to yeah, him for breaking know, it's, another it's, record it's a couple things about it so he doesn't get there faster and all that and they do have the age uh thing but you know why it's a credit to lebron still is because um it also shows that lebron doesn't miss the playoffs like he doesn't no. miss the playoffs at all he doesn't go out in the first round so um but it's like it took him a couple the, of years to make the playoffs, but he's been in ever since. Once he did, and like you said, hasn't he lost like, in the first round. <laughs> he was like, I like, he went to a restaurant. It took him a long time to get there. But once he get there, he enjoyed the food and was like, I'm coming back. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to keep doing this. You know what, you know what I mean? mean? I'm going to keep coming yeah. here. So salute to him for that. And I, and I agree. 
when I look at the way the game is played now and I look at some of these records, it's like, man, we're in a, we're in a day and time where um, possessions are up. Um, the shooting is, is just, you know, the three-point shot, those stats are going to be obliterated. Um, yeah. You know, so it, 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 it's, it's an interesting time, man. Hashtag, what a time to be alive, man. You know. Now, that one, Jim, but, that point that you brought up about the three-point shot, that's the one that bothers me a little bit. Like, everything else, like, records are, are made to be broken. Even three-point records. It's just that mm-hmm. the way that the three-point shot is damn near the primary focus of the game these days. It's yeah. just going to make some very good players, some specialists. It's just going to, you know, they're going to be buried in history, man. Nobody's going to be checking for Dale Ellis, <laughs> Dale Curry. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, Reggie's lucky enough to, to, to have been more than a three-point shooter, so you're never going to forget about Reggie Miller. But, you know, Craig Hodges, yeah, the yeah. league wants you to forget about him anyway. So if mm-hmm. Steve Kerr wasn't on the bench of one of the greatest um, runs in NBA history, he would be forgotten as a player. So it, it's just a lot of guys out there. Like I was looking just, you know, doing NBA history stuff earlier in the week, and just a lot of guys came up. I'm like, oh, I remember him. He stroked the three. But it's like everybody mm-hmm. strokes the three now. Like your your yep. worst player. Mike, your worst player in the rotation, you know, who gets in the game, might hit two or three three pointers a night now because teams are taking because, thirty-seven yeah, to fifty and, three pointers per game. And but it also go, also shows you the growth of the game too in a way that because all players are not now. Don't take this the wrong way for those listening. I don't want Joel calling me because he takes things literal. But the, the players now, <laughs> although he may agree with this because he's all about bashing the old players, but the players now. Are more well-rounded. There's lot. There's a lot less yeah. specialists. Right. The specialists are gone. Like they're, they're like even the guys now who grab rebounds still will throw that three up on you. Like, you know what I mean? Right. So the, the, but the you know overall what, game has changed. The people who bash the old days, they would say that as a compliment to today's players, and it is a compliment. But at the same time, I would think if that wasn't a fact of today's players then they would be failing because everything evolves. So if you don't take everything you saw, combine it and build on it and make the game quote unquote better, then they would be failing if they didn't do that. That's why it's so hard to compare players over different eras because it definitely the is. game is just played diff- way different now. Like I'm looking at the monitor right now as we speak and I'm looking at things that, that they're calling. I'm like, really? That's an offensive foul. Like, like something. Like it's a, it's a complete different game. It's a complete different right. game. People used to get mauled, and it, but it's just a complete different game. Like it really is. Right. But even without the mauling, some of the stuff they call now is like, come on. Like you don't even have to say basketball used to be a man's game. Like come on, they, like you just shouldn't call that. Period. <laughs> like it don't even have anything to do with the past eras being so physical. Like some things you just shouldn't call. But, um, yeah, the, the three-point shot is just it's, – it's the game now. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's crazy how the game has evolved because there was a point, I'd say, between five and ten years ago when the game was going this way. But to me, it seemed like everybody was just chucking up threes, but no one could shoot. Now, you mm-hmm. know, percentages are going up. Dudes that you don't even know are stroking the three, you know, you're like, man, that was a nice shot. Who the hell is dude? (laughs) 
So it's, it's, a, it's a weird time. Like you said, what a time to be alive, man. What a time to be alive. But back to LeBron, yeah. um, to, to bring some perspective on the guys that he passed. I've already said Pippen at 395. Um, of course, Michael Jordan's up there at 376. And Magic Johnson, uh, fourth on the list at 358. So, again, shout out to LeBron for his assault on the NBA record books. And the way he's playing now mm-hmm. and the fact that he's never been seriously injured, like he's going to put a lot of this stuff well out of reach until some other cyborg comes along in the future to even try to challenge some of his records. So, I mean, when yeah, he's I said agree. and done, I think this GOAT argument is going to be 100% legit. My only beef in the whole thing is like, just be patient. Like, let it play out. <laughs> because the dude has a lot of years ahead of him, you know, if he feels like it. Even though, you know, once he hit a billy, he might just call it quits. <laughs> and, and that could be like anything. Though, so, you don't know. Yeah, and, and the, but the thing about it is, it's like, that's kind of like, what keeps me from the whole online sports argument thing, like y'all killed that. And that's what everybody listening. Um, you mm-hmm. guys have destroyed that because every, and it's kind of like the conversation you were having the other day with Joel. It's like the next guy that comes around, they're going to anoint him right away. And it's going to be disrespectful to LeBron because that's just the way things are now. It's like, yo, we have, we, we feel like the, the need to constantly anoint someone the greatest, or this has to be the best. It's like, yo, Bill Walton right. is really taking over. And right, I just find right. it hilarious when Bill Walton did it because it was like a shtick. But yo, that's no, like people really do that. <laughs> yeah, you, you like, y'all said me really something earlier, and I was like, yo, everybody's just shock jocking now. Like if somebody gets good, oh yeah, so uh, uh, Kane from ESPN was talking about uh, Brad Stevens, and I think I've said it to people, I've said it to you, like yeah, I think <clears throat> young Brad Stevens is one of the best coaches in the NBA right now. I'm very impressed with, mm-hmm. what, he does, with what he does. And then you get mm-hmm. Kane to say, well, if I was to do a redraft of the entire league right now, there's only eight players in the league that I'd take before Brad Stevens. Ah, come on now. People still got to be well, on and, the court and, 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 the game. Like and, 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 part, and part of that is, part of, part of that is the 24-7 news cycle and with so much sports radio. Like, there's literally – Right now, um, and salute to all of our people that listen to us from day one and still listen to us, because there is literally several million sports podcasts available, right? So when you add that into the mix with everything on YouTube, and then you add that to the mix with ESPN and then Fox having 24-7 sports, people try to differentiate themselves, so the hosts run out of things to talk about, so they literally would just make up some, like, you know, um, uh, how would Kanye put it, poopity scoop or some scoopity poop, they'll make it up. They'll make up some poopity scoop just just so they can like you know have something different to talk about, which is which also to me ruins everything because I don't even think people believe some of the stuff they say. Nah, they they don't, and you know especially shows when you have a, a two man team going back and forth. Like I've always been of the opinion that these dudes just say stuff. One of them has to take this position. The other one has to take that position. They probably talk before the show to see who's going to be good cop, bad cop. And they just say things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I really don't think that dudes believe everything that they say when they, when they say the things that they say. So mm-hmm. it, we living in a shock job time in society right now. You got the cow herds of the world. He has to say something shocking every single episode, and he does it every day. So you you can un- understand, you know, you run out of context, 
you got to say stuff to keep people listening. So sometimes. Yeah, shout out to Howard Stern because <laughs> shout out to Howard Stern because that's his. That's his. He's a legend. That's his effect on this industry. Is uh, a <laughs> the whole shock jock thing because you know. But anyway, yeah. So I mean, you know, we'll see what LeBron does as time goes on. He's going to obliterate every record because it doesn't look like he's slowing down. And with him like switching teams whenever he feels like it. Right. <laughs> LeBron is like his own legacy. Like, I'll do what I want right now. <laughs> this ain't yeah, working like out. You said, I, I'm, a, I'm a few chips short. Let me go, go over here. But it, that goes to something you said. You was like, if you don't improve on the past, then something's wrong with you. So what they yeah. what they decided was part of that improving in their eyes is like, yo, I just get out whenever I want to. Right. Like, I don't have to stay here and wrestle for championships. <laughs> and the crazy, the crazy part is a lot. A lot of that is because of how players were treated in the past. So the owners have nobody to blame but themselves. Because when you hear stories of the past and like the NBA, like specifically, like a lot of the stories mentioned in that book, the uh, Forty Million Dollar Slaves. When you hear a lot mm-hmm. of the stories of things that went on behind the scenes, it kind of sheds light into why the players act like this. Because you know, um, a lot of the collusion and shots at NFL still getting accused of collusion in 2018. A lot of the collusion and things that went into play to kind of control the player's life now is like, yo, we got out. Watch this. It, it, it went a little bit too far. Anyway, we're getting way yeah. off on a tangent. <laughs> we always do. This supposed to be about LeBron. It's supposed to be about LeBron. It's supposed to be about LeBron getting steals. <laughs> All right. So again, shout out to LeBron. And I'm I'm stalling a little bit anyway, so that was all good because I'm sitting here trying to put these. Uh, these messages out telling everybody that they can listen by phone. All right, so um, real quick, you guys, as usual, you know you can check out our website at worldroomsports.com. While you're browsing the site, take your time, look around, click on the Contact Us tab to send us a message about our company, the show, inquire about sponsorship and advertising opportunities, um, or if you just want to buy us million-dollar equipment so we don't have to do this anymore, or join the network, whatever. For general answers, <laughs> email us at worldroomsports.com. While you're browsing the site, click on the memorabilia tab. Buy yourself some World Room Sports merchandise. Click the blog tab to read our latest articles on the All's Fair and Sports and War blog. Shout out to Gus Griffin, who's been holding that down lately. He has his latest blog in there on uh, the NFL draft and and the crapshoot that is the NFL draft every year. So go to the site and check that out. You can also click the respective icons and tabs to follow all our social media platforms to subscribe to our iTunes podcast or watch our webcast at War Room Sports TV and to download our free War Room Sports mobile app on Android or iOS to get everything I just mentioned on the go. Join the JW Philly Realty chat room right now during the show. As a matter of fact, you might not be able to do this, but you can try. Blogtalkradio.com slash the War Room to enter the chat room. Sign up for a free profile profile on Blog Talk Radio if you don't want to create an account. You don't have to. You can sign into your Facebook and Twitter accounts. And while you're at it, make sure you click follow that'll get you updates and reminders about the show every week. We'll be taking questions, reading posts from Facebook, Twitter, chat room, room sports game time group on the group me at all of that during the show. If you want to call in and speak with us, hopefully you're already on the line for my messages. The digital stream hot technologies hotline is three, two, three, four, one, zero, 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 one, two, press one when prompted. If you're already listening from your phone, just press one. If you want to holler at us. So we're going to talk a little bit about what happened this week while you good folks were on that grind out there in the world, hustling, grinding, doing whatever you do to support yourself and your family. We salute that. 
This is what happens during that time. And while you're on the grind of brought to you by Sports the Book, you guys tired of reading the same old sports books with the same lists, rankings, imaginary starting lineups, all that BS. Well, be sure to pick up your copy of Sports. Smart people only read the sports. It's a mixture of sports, hip-hop culture, and a comedic aspect that you will definitely, definitely love. So just go to sportsthebook.com, or you can get your copy from The Hub, worldroomsports.com, wherever you get it from. Just make sure you don't miss the movement. All right, man, this is close to home, Jim. A football coach, um, and this coach is at Camden Catholic, basically East Philadelphia, right across the bridge in Camden, New Jersey. Um, He claims he's being fired for having too many black players on the football team. Uh, Again, yes, this is 2018 that you guys are listening to this. You're not gathered around the radio in 1946 listening to your favorite uh, programming before televisions were invented. Um, The coach is a white guy. Uh, His name is Nick Strong. Uh, He's he's, a... a football coach, a golf coach, and I believe a history teacher um, at Camden Catholic. So he basically has been asked to resign from his position. His contract isn't even going to be picked up for being a teacher in the school next year. So he's come out to the media and said, basically, and this is a quote from him from day one, the administration told me they did not approve of the ratio of black to white students. Uh, Then he said he estimated the topic of race came up 10 to 20 times um, with the president of the school. He said, when I'd have a list of potential freshmen, the first question I'd be asked is if they were white or black. I was confused about why the question was, how can we get more white players in the program or on the field? Uh, The school has come out and said it's absolutely preposterous, the claims that he's making, um, everything will, in fact, be investigated, but they, they, you know, they claim that they stick by the fact that the school has never had any issues with racism, and this is totally preposterous. Now, we have somebody close to the program because one of our uh, War Room Sports generals, one of the co-founders of War Room Sports, Doc Bayon, he didn't go to Camden Catholic, but he did go to Camden, um, you know, the public high school and play basketball and football there. And he said, even since back then and in our time back in the early to mid nineties, Camden Catholic has always had this type of reputation. So I'm not really well versed on that. I don't know if you are Jimmy, but what are your thoughts on this situation? Man. Um, it's funny. Cause it's one of those things where <laughs> it, it, it's, it's funny. Cause this is 2018 and shout out to your, those listening in 2058. This was still going on in 2018. Um, right now, everybody probably, um, everybody's probably mixed if you listen to this in 2048. You know what I mean? All y'all look like uh, Tony Parker and Drake. But um, back in 2018, this was still going on. And, um, you know, it's it's crazy because on one hand, it's like uh, I have so many emotions when I hear this story because – First of all, why your black kids going to that Catholic school anyway? But that's either here nor there. Let's just say he's telling the truth. If he's tell if he's telling the Especially truth after everything we um, know about Catholic priests. If he's te- if he's telling the truth, you're really not being an honorable dude anyway. Because why are you just saying it now when they canned your ass? Like if you felt some type right. way about right. it. Oh my god! Great point. Say something. When, say something when it's happening, B. Like you wait till you get canned. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? You 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 you. 
<laughs> so my thing is, you're not really a hero if that's, if that's the the angle you're trying to play. Because if you was a hero, you'd have been came out and got you, you know, said what you had to say. So you was okay with them questioning it until they got rid of you. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Into the school, I Shout hope every black player like word, me. But I've been clocking this story for like a week, and I did not want to think about that aspect of the situation. <laughs> yeah, See, yeah. So I mean, they don't... if they did it ten to twenty times throughout the years. Not saying something about it, you're basically just worried about, you, you know, them stopping your potential to make a living at this particular moment because you damn sure didn't care. Pretty much the last ten or twenty times they said something to you about. Yeah, so even if it is true, you co-signed it until your job was at stake. So come on, cuz, and um, right. you know, this is just another this is another reason I'll add to the list of why uh, you know, places like Ivy Leaf, which is near and dear to us, are so needed in 2018. Um. We need institutions of our own, so we don't even have to worry about this. You don't want us to play for you, cool. We'll play against you and then kill you. That's not literal. We definitely need Ivy Lease to teach our kids so, you know, 30 years later our kids can go at the administrator's school. Shout out to the homie. Um, (laughs) But anyway, no, that's a great point. I mean, obviously, they still didn't like his his ratio, so he, he still did something, you know, as far as getting more black kids than they would like. But yeah, you're damn sure not a hero if you wait to speak on this, you know, years later when they finally actually mm-hmm. resign. <laughs> so shout yep. out to the to the to the first fact that he even got these kids, but that all of that was in an attempt to win. You know, his high school record was on the line as well. So Yeah. He's he not yeah. really a hero. Jimmy took one sentence for me to change my whole outlook on this bull. <laughs> he, he corny forget this dude let's move on all right so um the Steelers um and we talked about it earlier Ryan Shazier walked mind you he walked out onto the stage with his fiance and you guys out there know how big that is if you understand the scope of his in- his injury one of those injuries where you're not sure that you'll ever walk again he walked down onto the stage with his fiance to introduce the Steelers' first pick. The Steelers have basically just hooked him up with some good faith act, and they converted his $8.26 million base salary for next year into a signing bonus, which means he gets that money now up front. And we, like I said, not knowing if he's ever going to again so basically it was base salary and it was already guaranteed so it was money that the guy was going to get anyway but it was kind of you know even if he wasn't playing I assume that was going to be you know weekly checks or however they get paid in the NFL yeah like he you know if he was playing he would have got it in checks but they're giving it to him all up front um even though it was money they were on the hook for anyway the gesture is kind of cool because going through what he's going through you know it's, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's nice for his family to have a nice chunk of change up front. Um, again, kind of like the story that we just said, like it's not as heroic as it seems on the surface. <laughs> but mm-hmm. shout out to the Steelers for for doing it anyway. What, what, what Yo, shout out, shout out to uh, shout out to Jim Rocalso because as soon as I saw the story, I thought about him, and I was like, oh mm-hmm. god, he's going to find another. This just adds to the list of the reasons why he uh, gives the whole franchise Blumpkin. But um, <laughs> salute to him. Uh, 
you know, it is a good gesture and it's good PR too. So, you know, you know right, wrong. Right. You know what I mean? You gotta, and that's the thing. Uh, it, uh, they can get this good PR without, like, it's not like, it's not costing them any extra money. I mean, the Steelers have exactly. $8 million laying around. They can give them his cash now. So it's definitely a good PR move for somebody who probably has a family who could use the money up front for now. But this is just telling, mm-hmm. you know, this is the Steelers putting it out there like, all right, we're doing this good gesture, but when we cut your ass <laughs> in a little while, <laughs> we don't want everybody to get upset with us because we did this. So that too. look out for that in the in the, in the coming months uh, or whatever. But um. Yeah, so shout out to the Steelers and shout out to Ryan Shazier and his recovery from an absolutely horrific injury. Now, we mentioned a little while ago how LeBron probably has a good five years of prime left unless, you know, he wants to roll out, you know, when he becomes a billionaire. And that time is fast approaching. Um, LeBron James... And his $6.5 million investment in Liverpool, the soccer club, uh, it's worth five times that now. So (laughs) when he initially did it in 2011, 2011, he received a 2% stake of the historic English club. And like I said a second ago, that was $6.5 million. It's now approximately worth $32 million. So this is another great day in the valuation of one LeBron, Raymond James, just another kid from Akron that we get to witness every day. You see, I threw yo, in LeBron, all the cliches from his career in one sentence. Bars. Uh, you definitely <laughs> did. But yo, here's the crazy part, man. I was, I was on um, watching, um, I was watching Ellen, and whoever laughs at that, you could judge your mother. But um, <laughs> the, funny, the, yeah. the boy, the boy from, uh, the boy from the. Um, Oh, you got so many tragedies and mass shootings now. Um, the Waffle House joint uh, was on there. And um, Ellen, you know, basically found out that his favorite athlete of all time was D-Wade. And, you know, he, she brought out D-Wade. And, uh, you know, the whole thing, the whole uh, teary-eyed moment thing, he met, his, he met his hero. But she asked him before she brought out D-Wade, she was like, why is D-Wade your favorite player of all time? And he was like, really, it's not basketball. It's how he carries himself off the court. Um, right. You know, I automatically went to the fact that he got Gabby. That's what he do off the court. But anyway, well, so I was sitting there <laughs> thinking about that. I was like, so, I was like, so, who is my favorite player? If I had to judge him based upon what they do off the court, and LeBron might be that guy. I mean, Ali's no longer with us, but let's just say living athlete. I was saying, LeBron might be that like, guy. Who else could it be? But, but, but to your point of what you said earlier, LeBron, you know, sat around after MJ, you know, um. Who is an example yeah. of what not to do? Uh, who he saw, you know, he, he's a, he's a student of history, according to everybody who's around him. So he saw what Ali went through, um, and saw what Kobe went through the whole nine. So he had, he had all that. He's on their shoulders. But at the same time, when you look at what he's done in terms of empowering his friends, he turned the whole posse thing on, up on his head. Like every player before him, that was a detriment. He made it he, he made it an asset. When you look at what he does philanthropically. When you look at what he does from a social standpoint, and you know, add all those things together, he's probably my favorite off the uh, court floor player, and I could do nothing but salute him for that. And also the fact that he takes his business serious. Like right. I made a joke before that LeBron has been on the uh, the cover of Fortune and Forbes just as many times he has Sports Illustrated, ESPN, the magazine. So he's really about that life. So um, 
I saw this story and I just laughed. Like that's another thing to add to the list. Like you said. So, so I, I agree, man. For for all of those yeah, factors, so, man. He he's taken the business that Jordan and Magic Johnson, Magic more so after his career, but he's taken mm-hmm. what those guys have done, put it together, doing it more while he's on the court. Like you said, he gives back, he speaks out, he's empowered his friends. Um, like, what can you, what is there not to like about what he does off the court? I mean, there's really nothing not to like about what he does on the court, but people are going to keep finding reasons to dislike that kind of stuff too. But at, Yo, the, at the same time, crazy, like, right? <laughs> because like the one thing is like, so I sit back and I'm somewhere in the middle, right? So you, the LeBron stands are ridiculous, but the LeBron haters are just as ridiculous. And as an observer, like a lot, I, you know, I, I won't spend as much time on social media, but I'm still on social media. But most of the time it's just reading and laughing at commentary. And the reason mm-hmm. it's funny to me is because this dude is literally playing against ghosts. It's to the point where it doesn't matter whether he's playing the Raptors. It doesn't matter, like, you know, um, who's in front of him as an opposition. It's like every night is, yeah. is, what is how does this compare to what NJ did? It's not even about exactly. the game in front of him anymore. It's kind of Every it's like, bucket crazy. he makes, every bucket he makes, LeBron stands, find a reason to crap on MJ. Every bucket he misses, MJ stands, find a reason to crap on LeBron. It's it's very tiring for me because you know I try to engage, but yeah 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 yeah. You get tired of talking about the same thing every day, and I've asked several people, several friends of ours lately in conversations, like, "Yo, can we celebrate something LeBron did without crapping on MJ or Kobe?" Because those are always the targets, you know. <laughs> There's always mm-hmm. MJ or Kobe, and then then the same thing. Like if LeBron does something wrong. Like, can you guys not just jump out of your hole and say, Mike would have never done that. Kobe would have never done that. Like, it gets tiring. And the fact that a lot of Michael Jordan stands say things like, LeBron is nowhere near Mike. He'll never be Mike. The fact that you have to do that every time LeBron makes a game-winning shot or does something good shows that you're threatened. It shows that you really do think he's close if you really don't think. it, It shows that there's something that you're never going to admit that you may know in your mind. So, you know, yeah, definitely does, so because he, it's like, it's nowhere like, well, near him, but you bring Mike up every time LeBron. Yeah. When Durant makes a bucket, when Durant makes a bucket, <laughs> it's never that argument. Like it just isn't. And that's no side <laughs> right, Durant. Right, I'm just right. saying like the, fa- the fact of the matter is, yeah, that's not, a, that's not, you know, so a lot of that, that's a great point. And I think I'm going to use your point for now on when people start talking trash. And I'm like, so why do you even bring him <laughs> up? Right. If he's not on his right. level, why do you bring him up? Why do you even bring him up? <laughs> Why wow. every you time they do something, they gotta bring Mike up. They are threatened, man. And and that's the thing. And 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 we like people like us even get a bad rap depending on who we're talking to, because yeah. if we're I've if, been called if we're boy, saying called something both. objectively critical of LeBron in a room full of LeBron stands, like I have people who think I'm a LeBron hater because I said something yeah. objectively critical to people who think he walks on water. I have people who think I'm a LeBron lover because I said something objectively, um, you know, praiseworthy of something he did in a room full of LeBron haters. So it's funny how you can be yeah. both to two different groups of people. LeBron does yeah, this to people. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen in sports. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I'll he, upon you talking. 
<laughs> Live. So yeah, that, that's that's crazy, man. But shout out to him. Another investment that's going to put him closer to being, you know, the greatest athlete entrepreneur that we've ever seen. Uh, something we got to talk about, man. Not real. It's not sports related at all. But this is our show, and we do what we want. Kanye West has been in the news. We talked about him last week because everybody was upset at some of the stuff he was saying and you know he had on had the picture with the MAGA hat and all of that kind of stuff. But this week he took it a step further saying in an interview with TMZ which was a very you know exciting and intriguing 30 minutes of of, of footage. Um he said that slavery was a choice and he, the context behind it he was basically saying it it was it lasted 400 years. You know, black people were so big in numbers. He was like the fact that basically he's trying to say the fact that we stayed in bondage for 400 years when, you know, we had those kind of numbers that it had to be a choice. Now, in some things, I mean because you always have the Harriet Tubman uh quote that you can that you can conjure up you know, I freed a thousand slaves. I could have freed a thousand more only if they knew that they were slaves. Of course, within that time, you had a, a, a part of the slave population who had developed Stockholm Syndrome. And this is the only life that they'd known. So it probably didn't feel so bad to them as it did to the first generation of slaves who were captured, taken from their land, stripped of their religion, stripped of their family. You know what I'm saying? After a while, mm-hmm. as the generations go down and you're born into this and this is all you know, then there's a point to be made for that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I refuse, you know, I know different stories of slavery. All stories of slavery aren't violence and all of that kind of stuff because, frankly, everybody didn't try to leave. So everybody didn't get beat down on a regular basis. Yeah. However, yeah, still slavery, and you know we have people that's going against what Kanye said. We got people that's, you know, on his side. Like a lot of people told him this week, you don't realize how powerful your voice is, and that's true, because there's a lot of people defending yeah. everything Ye has done this week, and and I'm sure you probably can agree on this as well. The the MAGA hat, whoever he supports politically, like I can care less about any of that. Like black people, yeah. first of all, have to get off this stuff that everybody that's not a Democrat is a coon. You know what I'm saying? Even though a lot of mm-hmm. us think that Donald Trump doesn't represent the best interests of our people, if he was to be a Donald Trump fan, okay, that's fine. Like that alone, if I was like this big yay stand, that alone would not make me stop listening to Kanye West's records. Yeah. And even the way he looks at the world, like I can separate. Kanye and his music from Kanye and maybe the mental problems that he might have. If he thinks slavery was a choice, if he likes Donald Trump, okay. If his album is a, is a banger, I can separate the two. Like now there may yeah. be more egregious things that he can do like pedophilia, shout out to R Kelly, you know, <laughs> stuff like that where, okay, maybe I don't want to separate the artist from the stuff that he does because I got daughters now. I got to look at that kind of stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of things you compartmentalize unfairly by your own situation. It's hard to jump out of your own little box. But a lot of this stuff, like, you know, people just not banging with him musically, you know, this is what they claim anymore because of the stuff he said. I mean, he said some crazy stuff, but I think we can separate the two. 
personally, I'm just glad I don't have a hero complex where as though, like, his words affect right. me the way that I've seen it affect yeah, other people yeah. because I've seen people literally, like, in tears, like, upset. And part of the reason why is because of what he's, like, seemingly morphed into. Um, I think the first thing about this whole story is, like, we we need to not our, – our, our obsession with celebrity in this country is weird. Like, when you travel around the world, you recognize that our obsession is not – like, all countries aren't obsessed the way we are with celebrity. They're right. just not. Um, because there are more important things in life. Now, I'm not sitting there saying that you can't worry about this and that because I love ratchetness and I love righteousness. Like, um, you know, I'll sit and, and read books. Everyone knows I read books, but also read. I also watch Real Housewives of Atlanta and Love and Hip Hop New York. You can judge your mother. So, but the I thing just is, finished so I, watching I, Love and Hip Hop right before we got on the air. Shout out to Stevie J and Escalator's yo, so, rap. So, <laughs> yo, so my point in saying that is. Um, I like the madness just as much as the rest, but at the same time, I recognize what it is. It doesn't consume my life like I see it doing some people. Um, it's entertainment, and then, you know, I, I, I know how to comp- compartmentalize. Let's put it that way. Um, he seems to be really going through something mentally, and the, the thing that bothers me the most about all of this is, like, when you really listen to him, right, he talks about not reading. He talks about not knowing what's going on, but... Right. Then he talks about free thought. Like, how is it free thought if you're not even, like, what are you? You're not gathering you're not any even, information. You're not <laughs> gathering information. So it's like he, he's, a, he's a constant contradiction. And I think that he's an attention freak to the point mm-hmm. where it's like in 2018, we always talk about people and their need for attention. Attention is a new drug. So. I think that he's willing to say and do anything to get that attention he desires because he's been the talked about thing on every platform, good, bad, or ugly. Um, I think if everybody, let's just say for argument, say everybody band together and say, hey, listen, we're not even going to talk about Kanye. I think he might really murk himself. Right. Um, so it's kind of it's sad, but it's interesting. But it also reminds me a lot of Michael Jackson because a lot of times people forget about some of the episodes Michael Jackson had where – um, like the time he was in Harlem, like dancing on cars with Al Sharpton, which was like mad weird. He had a lot of weird yeah. moments like that too, where he would be seen, like, seen to be going through something real crazy. But the thing about it is, um, and there's an excellent book on Michael Jackson called Michael Jackson Inc. And it talks about Michael Jackson's business savvy and how he was one of the more forward thinking artists. And a lot of that stuff that Mike seemed to be crazy at the time was all planned. And Mike would say, listen, there's money in people thinking I'm crazy. Like Michael literally thought that people thinking I'm crazy can make me revenue, and I need this revenue because my monthly bills is high because I want to live with um, apes and, and and live on a Neverland ranch. So and that's a great point um, because I believe Kanye is there as well. You said, Jim, that in our country, like we put way too much on our love for celebrities. You know what the biggest part of that is? I think mm-hmm. when when people like Kanye come along, people like Michael Jackson come along, anybody, people like Bill Belichick come along. We like to throw around the term genius. We call everybody yeah. a genius good at their craft. And people like Kanye, I believe, you know, he hears that. He takes that to heart. Kanye knows that a lot of people in the past who were considered geniuses were quirky, kind of weird. So I think just like mm-hmm. you're saying, Michael Jackson knew that he had to do a certain amount of crazy for revenue. I think Kanye is yeah. there. He's like, yeah, well, I'm, they're going to call me a genius, and I'm going to act like the perceived notion of, of what a genius is. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be weird. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to be abstract. I'm going I'm to I'm say all kinds of things and dress a certain way and look a certain way. So I think that really gets to him. The fact that people call him a genius because, you know, he's nice with an 808 machine. Um, I personally... <laughs> and he's also, he's also somebody no, that's obsessed with his legacy. He's one of the only mm-hmm. artists that constantly talks about where he ranks in his legacy. And, right. and he's you compared know, himself to the thing. leaders in every industry. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Anybody white. But, uh, Jobs. Yeah, and all, you yeah, know, all so, the white people. Jobs, Walt Disney. Yeah. Um, everybody. Speaking of that, yeah, Jim, yeah, did that you notice a, during that TMZ yeah. interview, he kind of shut the black dude down and said, I only want to answer questions from Harvey? Uh, yeah, I did. It's, it's a lot of things that when you put them all together, it makes you wonder, like, is he always wanted to be a white man? Like, when you start, see, because when you go on rants like this, and it kind of, like, makes you rethink everything. But it also is interesting to me is it also shows how much uh, social capital he's built up with our community because um, some of the stuff that he's saying, if anybody, let's just say for argument's sake, um, the legend Bow Wow said some of this stuff. And he actually <laughs> tweeted about this. Bow Wow said, if I said this, it would have killed me already. Like, mm-hmm. but that shows you the kind of social capital that he's already built up. He got so much in the bank right now that um, it's taking a long time for us to dismiss him. Um, and we have this whole thing with, with everybody having an opinion online now. There's this whole movement of people who just want to be contrarians for the sake of being contrarians. So <laughs> what I recognize about it, – it's funny because, like, I spend so much time online over the last decade, like, on every social media site there is I've used. And I'm kind of, like, taking a step back now and, and – and it's because everybody's on there. It's to the point now we had a family event. I was at a family event this past week. Um, um, my cousin, her daughter, had a birthday party. And it was a bunch of a family over the house. And people are sitting around talking about, did you see what such and such posted here? Like people are sitting around talking about online That's the news. Right. It's not, Yo, it's, it's it's, not even, did it, you it see so this weird. on the news? Did you see somebody post it? Yeah, it, it was so weird for me. But what I under what I've like come to understand is like yo, at one part part of it is real, a part of it isn't real because so many people just like to to engage to the point where I don't even like it's hard to argue online anymore because I don't even know if people believe what they're saying. Like I legit believe that half of the people don't believe what they're saying, but the fact of the matter is most people are lonely and have low self esteem, so they have the need for the constant the constant like you know um, friction or debate or argument. Which is cool, but I understand that because I. It's funny because I'm. And shout out to our brother Lamont who literally like just disappeared off everything. I'm still I'm still mm-hmm. more active than he is. Um, but me and him had a conversation about this, and he was like, "Yo, he be like ready to like pull up on somebody." And it, a lot of that started with um with Trump. So when Trump was elected, right. a lot of the MAGA people he would like try to go back and forth and have logical debates with him, Please, and they would like absolutely. bother him to the point where he was he was making himself sick. So he's like, "Yo, I'm just gonna get off because." I'm ready to pull up at people's jobs and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, yo, what I recognize is it's not even real. People don't even believe what they're saying. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and that's what's interesting about, so now even our celebrities are just out there talking for the attention. And I don't even know if he believes how that stuff he's saying, but even if he does, um, everybody who's talked to him says it doesn't seem to be coming from like a, um, a nasty place, but he's really clueless. Right. It's like, come from an un- uninformed man, place. Yo, and my he man feels the need, fell off the earth. Right. And, and and when you have a project coming out, you say to yourself, well, it's time for me to get back to social media and create a buzz. So so let me get on here, say something crazy. Now the whole world is talking about Kanye and his album. You know what I'm saying? Whether or not, you know, whether he's saying scoopity poop or not, 
it's going to be the most popular thing in the world. <laughs> and I and I've seen people defend the scoopity poop. But what I find interesting though in all this, what I find interesting in all this is that um, he's built up a buzz, no doubt. I mean, it's to the point where like our brother Akil was saying, they're talking about him. Akil right now is overseas. Um, you know, putting in his great to him for the work he's doing overseas. Talking about man on Al Jazeera. They're talking about Kanye on TV in Kuwait, and it, you know it's, it's, it's crazy. But my thing is, your album comes out a month from now. Are you going to like move the release date up? Because how do you how do you sustain it? Right. How do you sustain uh, exactly. this? Because like, you, well, you see how quickly he puts out songs. He and Ti did a song. He put that out in less than twenty four hours. Yeah. So he might be on his move up joint right now. Yeah, he might have to move but, um, that up. Like, it, it, but and it's funny because his, his behavior is so erratic. Like, I was telling you guys yesterday, like. Someone put me down, like, yo, go on his Twitter. This boy is just out here, like, tweeting pictures of sea turtles all day. Like, yo. <laughs> because he, he got to stay in the public eye until he gets yeah. his album out. But look, Jim, like, like yeah, that's probably why he did it. Yeah. Even with the, like you said, there's people out there defending the Scoopity Poop song, right? But mm-hmm. that's the thing. That was his point. Those are the people that he's trying mm-hmm. to play out by doing that. Like, he's yeah, just the yeah. only dude that's cocky enough to, to say it, even though he didn't directly say it. But how many times have we said that about Jay? We, we, we said that about a lot of Jay stands years ago. Like, yo, Jay has gotten to mm-hmm. a point with some of y'all where he can get on the track and fart, and y'all will say it's the hottest stuff y'all have ever heard. Mm-hmm. Kanye just you know went out and about said, that? I'm going to take it's you, I'm going to do you one further, and I'm going to prove it. I'm going to say scoopity poop on a record, and people are going to defend it. I ain't gonna front. The beat was pounding. Yo, but, when I first heard it, I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, here we go, here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was kind of interesting. But scoopity-poop-poop, scoopity-boop. And then yeah, ask T.I. seriously if I should throw in a boop-boop. <laughs> <laughs> Yo! <laughs> he asked him seriously, like, on this part, should I throw in a boop-boop? See, I was like, man, if you don't get the... <laughs> <laughs> yo, and I ain't gonna front like, also, man, that song with him and T.I. I love that jump. <laughs> yo, and here's my thing too, man. Like sometimes, right? Um, if someone can tell a lie so long that it becomes the truth in their head, so I, a part of me wonders where, whether, like, he's been having a shtick with this whole like eccentric crazy thing that he actually became that. I 